Hey there, General Red Revere here with Old Colony Pest Control. If you're having pest problems in a commercial or residential setting, we're the people to call. Veteran owned, based in Massachusetts and Rhode Island, Old Colony has been here servicing your homes proudly, and we plan to keep it up. Our team is fast, efficient, and reliable. We go above and beyond to cater each project's individual need. No task is too much for us, so give us a call. 774 400 5993. Again, the number is 774-400-5993. Hope to hear from you soon. General Red Review, out. wished for these things, worked for them, and sought a place where they had a better chance of becoming real. For generations, Brockton has welcomed those seeking something better. From those who came in search of opportunity to today's multicultural population that makes us the most diverse community in all of New England. Brockton is a place where homes are more affordable, communities closer, where a strong and talented workforce fuels the success of businesses big and small, and the vision of a more diverse and equitable America is being realized every day. It's where ideas take root, businesses grow, Communities thrive. New beginnings unfold. And the promise of a better life is kept. Brockton, Massachusetts. where better begins. everybody kevin jackson here if you feel the need you want to get in touch with the hot topics from today's headlines you got to check out the booth with keith send us the one Hayes. tell him kevin jackson sent you Look! Look! I got beans. 
greens, potatoes, tomatoes, lamb, rams, hogs, dogs, chicken, turkeys, rabbits, you name it, look! I got beans, greens, potatoes, tomatoes, lamb, rams, hogs, dogs, beans, greens, potatoes, tomatoes, chicken, turkeys, rabbits, you name it! Greens, potatoes, tomatoes, lamb, rams, hogs, dogs, beans, greens, potatoes, tomatoes, chicken, turkeys, chicken, turkeys, beans, greens, potatoes, tomatoes, lamb, rams, hogs, dogs, beans, greens, potatoes, tomatoes, chicken, turkeys, rabbit, you beans, greens, potatoes, tomatoes, beans, greens, potatoes, tomatoes, beans, greens, potatoes, greens, potatoes, beans, 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 greens, potatoes, tomatoes, chicken, turkeys, chicken, turkeys, beans, greens, potatoes, tomatoes, chicken, turkeys. You name it, you name it, you name it, you name it. Potatoes, tomatoes, lamb, rams, hogs, beans, greens, potatoes, tomatoes, chicken, turkeys, rabbits, you beans, greens, potatoes, tomatoes, lamb, rams, hogs, dogs, beans, greens, potatoes, tomatoes, chicken, turkeys, chicken, turkeys, beans, greens, potatoes, tomatoes, lamb, rams, hogs, dogs, beans, greens, potatoes, tomatoes, chicken, turkeys, rabbits, you beans, greens, potatoes, tomatoes, beans, greens, potatoes, tomatoes, beans, greens, potatoes, greens, potatoes, beans. Beans, 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 greens, potatoes, tomatoes, chicken, turkeys, chicken, turkeys, beans, beans, greens, potatoes, tomatoes, chicken, turkeys, you name it, you name it, you name it, you name it. All right, your boy Sinus One broadcasting live from the City of Champions. You are watching the booth as you guys are looking here. Don't shake your heads. Don't think that this is a repeat. It's not a repeat. Um, the first Tuesday guys are actually here with me tonight to discuss 
results of this election. We said, you know, we were on for election night, but there were a lot of major races that had to, you know, finalize and just got done counting. We have two that are headed towards a runoff, one headed towards a runoff and one headed towards a recount, even though the Democratic person has, you know, already declared the other person talk about that but first of all i gotta give a big thanks to my guests last week kevin jeffries for coming on as i mentioned i got my guys on first tuesday also later on in the show tonight i have a second guest coming on here he is a boxer super featherweight boxer gabriel menace morales he is going to be and i can't wait to talk to him it's going to be a fun time i got i got to talk to him i can't wait um he actually just won last fight by um Let's say it was a split decision. Get into that. We'll talk about that when he's together. Thank you for coming on. Then to close out the show tonight, don't take off right away. Hang on because I'm going to be showing you guys a special clip of a fan made trailer of Godzilla versus Gamera. Now, for those who know me, month of November for me is Godzilla month, even though I'm celebrating Godzilla Day at the beginning. But me, I'm a Kaiju fan. I'm a big Godzilla fan. I love Godzilla movies. And this fan created this Godzilla versus Gamera, which has never, ever happened in the history of Kaiju because Godzilla, which is owned by Toho Studios, Gamera is owned by a, a different studio, and they have been beefing for eons, and, and this, they say will never, ever happen. Unless something happens and Toho buys the rights to Gamera. Maybe we could see it happen, but um, as far as we're concerned in our lifetime at this time, this will never happen. So this is the closest that we'll ever see Godzilla versus Gamera. Um, also, as I said, I got to thank my guys for coming on last week, Kevin Jeffries, for coming. I got my first guys from first Tuesdays on. Kenneth Diesenhoff is up in the upper left corner. Rob Resnick is down on the right side. Usually Rob is always up on the top because Rob is usually always here. On time, Ken's always Mr. A.K.A. Last Minute, lie by the seat of his pants. But today, I was actually running late because my son just got back from Florida and spent time at Disney. Big ups to him for coming to me tonight and giving me a gift from Disney. I quickly, abruptly broke after he gave it to me. Unfortunately, it's a Christmas ornament of Darth Vader and Luke Skywalker having their lightsaber battle in front of the Emperor, and they had their little tiny lightsabers, and I was wrapping it up and trying to be delicate as I could be, and I broke the light. But let me talk about my uh, sponsors here. Michael Douglas Breadle, MDB Electronics. Need your controller fixed? Send it off. Christmas is here next month. Happy Noob Day. Day after Christmas is Happy Noob Day. People who waited three months to get Call of Duty, and then they decide to go out there on December 20th. Guess what? Snatching your head. <laughs> uh, available now. Viana Marie, it's personal. Album is available everywhere. Check out my artist, Viana Marie. Match up that album. It's personal. It's banging everywhere online, Spotify, anywhere you listen to. Tactical Target Systems, when you see me out at the range, getting my practice in, Tactical Target Systems is where I get those badass zombie targets because you know I have a fear of the zombie apocalypse. And also, I love Boston Sports. Sponsor the show, those badass shirts. You saw me, I have a shirt on. And I was rocking my Mac Jones shirt. And we'll talk about that in the sports booth. Also, Oak Colony Pest Control, Carbonell, veteran-owned, residential, and commercial. If you have pests this time of year, reach out to Kyle. He'll get out there and take care of your problem. 
All right, so I got my guys here. Let them introduce themselves and say hello. I'm going to start with Ken. Say hello to everybody in the upper left-hand corner, man. Hello, everyone. Ken Dysonoff, glad to be back on this special edition of The Booth. Looking forward to it. And I've got my man Rob Resnick down below. Yeah, hello, everybody. Welcome to a special pre-Thanksgiving edition. Pre-Thanksgiving. As you guys saw, I produced an actual intro there with uh, football players from the NFL dancing to the Beans Tomato Anthem. And, um, you know, football and Thanksgiving on Thursday. We'll be talking about that in the sports booth. Hey, get into the news booth here with my guys. In the news booth here in Massachusetts, Bradley Rain, 53, has been charged with reckless homicide for a crash that took the life of Kevin Bradley, 65, in Hingham. His SUV plowed into the Apple store in Hingham. Um, Kevin Bradley was actually a contracted worker here from New York who was doing work in the Apple store. 19 people injured thankfully thankfully there wasn't more loss of life in this tragic uh, people were saying that this suv was traveling at about 60 to 65 miles an hour before it into the store uh bradley rain who does have a history of drunk driving um he actually had to submit to a breathalyzer he blew zero he was not drunk but he says that he was trying to find an eyeglass store and his foot got stuck on the accelerator and he tried to step on the brake with his left foot and he wasn't able to and it happened so fast we're going to actually find out and see what happened um so our prayers and blessings out um in twitter news uh, after begging the head of sales to stay at twitter and she refuses musk turns around elon musk turns around and fires her this is the biggest dumpster fire of social media out there i called this one and it's going exactly the way that we said it was going to go. And after this whole thing happened with Twitter, Trump on Tuesday announced his presidential run for 2024 against the advice of numerous GOPs and former close lobbyists. I saw Kellyanne Conway um, kind of rip him apart for saying stuff. A lot, a lot of the, a lot of those close people to him when he was in the white house ripped him apart, but some of his loyalists like MTG and a couple other small ones. But here's the thing. He didn't get the response that he thought he was going to get. He got, he got, he got, he got some of the things that he didn't realize he was getting. He was getting this from some GOP members. They was, they were, they were unhappy. And here's the thing about this announcement. He makes this announcement and Elon Musk thinks, Hey, I'm going to bring Donald Trump back to Twitter to help me because this is a dying platform. And I put a post up saying, if I'm Donald Trump, who I don't hate, a lot of people think I hate, hate I don't hate Donald Trump. I just don't like what he did as president. Um, I said that the best thing for Donald Trump right now to do would be to not allow Elon Musk to tempt him there. And, and I said it would be best to stay on this platform and say that his platform was better. Exactly what Trump did. So Trump snubs Twitter and says he's going to stay with True Social, which then leads to Ivanka Trump snubs her dad's announcement and says, guess what? I'm not supporting this political campaign. Staying out of politics this time, her and Jared Kushner. And then Rupert Murdoch, <laughs> Rupert Murdoch of the New York Post, he actually puts up, <laughs> Florida man makes announcement. Now this is, I, all I could think of was, was our squid down there where I've been saying from day one that the GOP is going to put all their, horses and, and wagons behind DeSantis. And I feel that's what they're kind of going to go with. And I feel like that this is going to get super ugly uh, down the line, but 
Florida man makes announcement. This is the New York Post owned by Fox's Rupert Murdoch. You can't get any pettier than this, number one. Number two, coming from a media perspective, I feel like this is super unprofessional and super biased. And I'm going to go around the horn here and see what these guys think about this because I, I felt that this was, I get it. I get Rupert Murdoch doesn't like Trump. He's hated Trump for a while now. But when you use your newspapers and ask where you've talked about this, it's a dangerous thing to do when you start using something that you're supposed to represent the community. That would ask where on this. I mean, if you're talking about the Murdoch news agencies, you know, coverage of the Trump announcement, you know, I, I don't necessarily have an issue with it. Um, you know, the, the, the news is, is what happens in the campaign. The news is whether Trump has any traction this time, who's going to back him publicly or privately, whether he gets the financial backing, which apparently he's losing at the moment. But you don't know. Right. I mean, he didn't start with any of this last time or the first time, I should say. And, you know, while everybody's counting him out, I think that's a mistake. I don't count him out. I'm not saying he's the front runner. I'm not saying I predict that he's going to win the nomination, but I think it would be foolish to think that he has no chance. Uh, we're going to have to see what happens. Um, he, he has that MAGA base locked in. They, they, some people say they're going to shift to DeSantis. I don't know that's true. Uh, you know, so it, it all depends on whether the Republican voters break in, in some kind of singularity towards a clear front runner, because otherwise he plays catch up like he did last time. So I, I don't know. Ken, but I, I thought it was funny. The, the, the headline is funny. Florida man, right? I mean, Florida man <laughs> is a thing. I, mean, I think most viewers know that, you know, there's this mythical creature called the Florida man. And so it's, it, I thought that was a clever play. Ken, cause you, you, you I, talk a lot about politics. You've been involved with, you know, some of these, these groups comes to voting what were your thoughts on this well i agree with rod's point it was clearly a jab at trump even using the famous florida man who was usually depicted as someone who was incredibly stupid doing very foolish things like shoving an alligator down his pants or trying to light a cigarette near a gas station or whatever look rupert murdoch since day one going back to the 80s has always blurred the line between journalism and right-wing propaganda so the fact that now he's taken out against trump you know Live by the sword, die by the sword, as far as I'm concerned. As for Trump's announcement, look, I don't remember who it was, but someone said recently, I think maybe Chris Christie, the problem with Trump is he puts himself above, he's more concerned about himself than the party. And that is absolutely true. Right now, there's a huge civil war in the Republican Party. The MAGA base, while being very influential in the Republican Party, and it is, there's no question about that, mm -hmm. can't win an election. We saw this, and if you want, I'd like to get, get into the election as soon as we can. We saw this in the election. They are absolutely disastrous for the Republicans. And right now, DeSantos is uh, positioning himself to be the MAGA-based leader, but Trump's not giving that up. So you got to be a huge civil war in that, and that's going to be a huge problem for the Republicans. But we can get that when we talk about the election. And, that, and then I've said that to people. I said, you know, a lot of people were talking about this Democrat- Republican thing. I'm like, the, the biggest problem right now is this division of the GOP that's on its way. Trump had 70 million people who voted for him in this last election when Biden beat him out. 70 million people. Yes, the GOP right now is nip chipping away, chipping away, chipping away at that 70 million. My feeling is, is that they're hoping, they're praying that he ends up going to jail. And I think that's what the GOP is hoping for. And 
as I get more into the stories as we go on, um, Elon Musk turns around and he goes ahead and he tries to tempt Donald Trump after Donald Trump revokes him and puts up this post on Twitter, making you know Donald Trump like a saint and and then Twitter as this temptation of a sexy woman and he put a thing over her private parts. Elon Musk is a train wreck right now, a train wreck right now. But here's the guy that's playing it calm, cool, and collective. Ron DeSantis, who I'm pretty sure would love to speak out to Trump and some of the bashing that Trump has sent his way. But Ron DeSantis is playing it cool, collective, and quiet right now. I've been saying this. I, I feel like this is this is going to be the guy. He's quiet as a mouse. And then, to make matters worse, the Supreme Court came out today and they are now saying they've cleared the path to allow them to be able to look at taxes. Trying to fight for years and years. So let's touch base on that. I'm going to start with Ken. Conversation of the taxes. Well, again, we beat this issue, it, issue to death. We know it's in his taxes. We've already seen them. I'm not surprised. Again, Trump has always been trying to find, fight this delaying action, hoping it's going away. It didn't. He lost. Everyone knew he was going to lose. It's just a matter of time. So they're going to get us taxes. But I don't think there's anything there that we haven't already seen. We've already seen it. The Times leaked it about a year ago, so we know it's in there. I think this is more, uh, let's, how do I put this colloquially? It's more fuel on the fire, but nothing, nothing earth-shattering. And getting into the news booth, I'm going to go to Ron with uh, Rob on this one. Uh, they're now talking about the 14th Amendment might treat, keep Trump from ever holding public office again. A little bit about that, and then we're going to get into some of these results of these elections. One of the lesser known clauses says that anybody who has participated in an insurrection against the United States is prohibited from holding public office. And so we know that there's plenty of evidence that Trump, while he was still president, encouraged the insurrection of January 6th openly and privately. And, you know, the cases that are being tried right now and the ongoing investigations by DOJ, Congress and others uh, are only uncovering additional evidence of his involvement in it. There's no there's no evidence cutting in his direction. All the investigating they're doing is showing how more involved he was, not less. And so for the 14th Amendment to kick in, though, there has to be an official finding. And so there are some judges who have alluded to it. There are people in the investigations that have alluded to it. But the question is, does there need to be a conviction? And I think that that's, that's a reasonable interpretation because anybody could say that somebody was involved in an insurrection and, and perhaps not in the case of Trump, but in the case, generally speaking, could misapply it in, in, in some particular case. And so, you know, if, if the Department of Justice uh, brings charges against him for January 6th. There are, there are multiple cases going on, but this would have to be for the January 6th. And then he would have to be convicted of some charge involving the insurrection, not just the other things he did that day or surrounding that with the elections denying and, and, and what have you. So it'll be interesting to see if that, if that develops. Uh, there, there, there is going to have to be something more. I think, I think most people who are paying attention knows it's out there. Uh, I mean, you, you could deny it all you want to, but it's clear that he was involved in this thing, uh, you know, at, at much more significantly than what we thought originally, perhaps, as far as what could be proven. Right. But there needs to be a conviction. 
Um, so let's get into these uh, elections last week. You know, the red wave that was supposed to happen didn't happen. It was more like a red mist. If you guys saw my show last week, saw the little intro that I did utilizing flash dance and putting that to inform voters and, and things of that sort. Um, this red wave that was supposed to happen didn't happen. Um, if you talk about democracy, democracy spoke very strongly about protecting our rights. Um, not only one Trump person won a seat. Um, everybody else was wiped away. Um, we had Fetterman win. We have a runoff, unbelievable runoff going on. Georgia that's our Raphael Warnock and Herschel Walker, which it shouldn't even be close. This should never even happened. I, I just can't get it. Uh, Lauren Boebert, she won her race um, by 500 and something votes. There will be a recount, but her challenger feels that he's not going to win that one. Arizona, though, being contested. Um, you guys want to talk about that one? Uh, yeah, sure. Um, first of all, I, if I if I like to go back and talk about in general terms of the election, if I may. Go for it. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Yeah, give your overall. It was no question a bad night for Democrats. They lost the House. Florida was an unmitigated disaster. Uh, they got ran the tables. Worse than that, the blue wall down in South Florida, Miami-Dade County, Broward County was breached for the first time in history. The the candidates, which they did beat, they barely beat any other election cycle. They would have crushed them. Hell, most of these candidates wouldn't have gotten out of the primaries. That being said, as bad it was for Democrats, and it was, let's, let's not kid ourselves, and I'm saying this as a liberal Democrat, it was absolute disaster for Republicans. This was probably the worst thing that could have happened. Let me explain to you why. Number one, not only wasn't there a wet, red wave, there was not a red wave in a midterm election where gas prices are high and the economy is not doing particularly well. And you've got a relatively unpopular president in Joe Biden. OK, every other metric says Republicans are come in and kick the living daylights out of Democrats and they could barely get the House flipped. Let's talk about the House. The House has got the lowest uh difference between Democrats and Republicans in the history of the Republic. Kevin McCarthy looks like will be speaker coming next year. He is going to have to try to keep order in that house. All I can say is I wish I had the Excedrin contract for the House of Representatives because I'd make a <laughs> mint. You've got a people in there who simply, you got election deniers, you got people as what Rob referred to as the Russia caucus, which I absolutely love that term, I'm going to steal it. And they don't like McCarthy. You also got the conservative, the religious conservatives who don't like McCarthy, and you got the corporatists. They're going to make it impossible to get anything done. The worst case scenario is here's the problem. You got the Republican base that wants something done, and McCarthy won't be able to deliver because anything he gets goes to the Senate and dies because Democrats control that house, even if Herschel Walker wins. And I'll get that into that in a second. So you got you have no one to blame, yet you can't deliver. That's the worst case scenario. Not only that, the MAGA crowd, one of the things that we were all worried about is the MAGA crowd was going to be able to, to bring in a major victory, especially in the down ballot races. And they utterly and completely failed. Look at Michigan. Look at Minnesota. It miserably failed. Add on to the fact that 
the, the religious conservatives were looking for big wins on abortion, and they lost in Michigan, Kentucky, and Vermont. So it's been an absolute disaster in all the three base groups Republican Party, corporatists, religious uh, conservatives, and the MAGA crowd. Yet here's the thing, all of them think they won and they believe the Republican hierarchy ought to placate what they want. This is an absolute disaster. Mitch McConnell was challenged by Rick Scott, although he crushed Rick Scott in the leadership race. The fact that he was even challenged says there's a problem. Now let's talk about Florida. Ron DeSantos ran the tables on everybody. He is now the presumptive nominee for the Republicans. Here's the problem. Does anyone remember another popular governor who was well tied into the right wing of the party with a huge amount of money backing him up and had came from political dynasty? Anyone sound, sound a little familiar to anyone? Jeb Bush. DeSantos is incredibly unpopular outside the state of Florida. He's going to compete with Trump for the MAGA votes. And here's the problem. The MAGA people are going to demand that they won the election because they're all election deniers, which they got their tail kicked. They're, so you got, you got DeSantos and Trump arguing with the MAGA voters. Who do you have left other than DeSantos and Trump and the Republican Party? Who? Who is the who's the flag? The uh, guy's going to wave the flag. I can't Nobody, that's, that, that's why I sank my thing on this early on. So. Yeah, that's the problem is it clearly showed that both the Santos and the MAGA people piss off moderate voters. So all Joe Biden has to do is not screw up. We've been doing a pretty decent job, to be perfectly honest with you, since his job. So I would not want to be a Republican uh, strategist right now for all the tea in China because it's going to be a freaking disaster. Let's talk about the Georgia race. And Reverend Warnock should have kicked Hershey Walker's butt up, down, and sideways. The fact that it's this close to going to run off is an embarrassment. Okay, I'm not going to lie. But here's the important thing. Why would people go out and vote for Hershey Walker in Georgia? At the election they were doing, they were holding their nose because they want to control the Senate. Now they're not going to get it. So all those people who are willing to hold their nose and vote for Herschel Walker because the men control of the Senate aren't going to come out. He's saying incredibly stupid things about everything. He's even worse. Uh, the Reverend is raising a, a ton of money. Obama was just recently out there raising a ton of money. So bad day to the Republicans. Now, let's also, I think we need to talk about two important things. Uh, really embarrassments was Stacey Abrams. Should have done a lot better. Don't know why. Beta work in Texas. Both rising stars couldn't even crack. Uh, couldn't even crack into the fifties to make it close. That was a bad day for Democrats. So all in all, like I said, bad day for Rep Democrats. Absolutely horrific day for Republicans. Uh, let me get Ron. I want to get Ron in here so I can get him in before we take off. Well, you know, first of all, I, I agree with pretty much everything Ken just said. So I won't repeat it. I'll just try to add a couple of different thoughts. Uh, but before I do, let me just say, you know, I think the, this idea that Texas is becoming purple, if not starting to lean Democratic, is fool's gold. Uh, I mean, I, I thought Beto O'Rourke was a good candidate. He ran an amazing race. He's known in Texas because he's run for a couple of offices and he got destroyed by a governor who is an extremist. So that tells you that Texas is not really legitimately in play uh, or else Ted Cruz would have lost already by now, too. And as far as Georgia goes, I think you have the same thing. Yes, Georgia was surprising in 2020. And a lot of that was it was a Trump backlash because he interfered in the runoffs 
because most people thought the bo that both Republican incumbents would win those runoffs and they didn't. And it was very, very close. And if Donald Trump hadn't tried to interfere in the in that with the you know the election stealing and his interference in the campaign, you would have had both those Republicans who have won. So Georgia is not exactly in play either. It means that anything can happen in a state. That's why we have to have an election. That's why we have to run strong candidates. Even if you don't think that the particular party is competitive, you never know what can happen in a race. And, and, and that brings me to my point. Throughout the campaign, those of you who read The Corridor or, or hear us talking on the show, I made several points throughout the campaign. First, that even though 100 years of history, like Ken said at the beginning of his comments, 100 years of history suggested that this would be a disaster for Democrats and a, and a red wave and a red tsunami, they were calling it. And a lot of people thought that was likely, and there were times when it was. However, this was anything but a normal election cycle because enough American voters understood what was at stake here, and it wasn't policy for once. It was the future of democracy. It really was. And if the MAGA race you know, if the MAGA crowd was able to win some of these races <clears throat> and take majorities, uh, a lot of Americans understood what, what was what was coming. And so you know, that was one of the things that I wrote, that this would not be a normal midterm election and that Democrats couldn't afford to lose like historically. They, they were writing it off. They were thinking, well, we're going to get our butts kicked anyway. No, you can't think that way. And uh, and so part of the other aspects of that would be, you know, I said to Republicans, obviously, you know, they have to take hold of their party again. Mainstream Republicans, reasonable Republicans, traditional conservatives, anything but the MAGA extremists, anything but the terrorists in the Republican Party need to take their party back. We need a, a traditional, legitimate Republican Party. We can't have the Democrats plus MAGA. That doesn't work uh, because the Democrats are going to blow it. If that's if that's if all they're facing is MAGA, they're going to get, you know, they're going to get complacent and, and what have you, which is almost what happened in this race when they started seeing with who their opponents were. And so I had been saying that the reasonable Republicans, the traditional conservatives needed to make a difficult choice. They needed to vote for the Democrats in their races, no matter what, because they had to get rid of the MAGA people one way or another, make them lose the election, send a signal that they weren't welcome, that they weren't competitive, so they couldn't win primaries anymore. And enough Republicans did it. That's what happened in the Fetterman race. Uh, that's what happened in uh, Arizona. That's what happened in plenty of these other states that we were watching. And so, you know, we were hoping that would happen in Florida. It did not. In fact, Democrats stayed home in Florida, which was really astonishing. But, uh, but the issue was that Republicans stepped up, mainstream Republicans stepped up. They either stayed home or they voted Democratic. And, uh, and I give them credit for that because, you know, I wrote some pretty powerful stuff on that saying you have to do it. You have to do it. This is the country. And, and enough of them did it. And I'm thankful for it. And I want to commend those Republican voters who did it, whether their candidates won or lost, whatever happened in those races. Thank you for doing the right thing for this country and for your party to get your party back. The other thing I was talking about is Democrats missed a, a, a huge opportunity because this was going to be uh, uh, the type of election that was completely against history. Democrats had a huge chance to win the House. And all they had to do was acknowledge the issues that they were ignoring. Democrats, I guess you could call it arrogance. I don't know. 
but they didn't even talk about some of the issues that were important. Yes, abortion was important and Democrats talked about that. Democracy was critically important and Democrats talked about it, but they tended to ignore the inflation issues. They really could have had messaging on that. Come on, how do you run in 2022 and not be prepared to talk about inflation, to be talking about crime, to be talking about the border? And, and it's not like the Democrats, I'm not saying they have to admit that they were at fault for anything, but they had to have messaging on it. They didn't even address those issues. And those were on the minds of a lot of voters. And that was why the Democrats lost the House. And if they had just had some better messaging on those issues, look at New York as the perfect example, right? Governor Hochul, now granted, she took over for Cuomo. She had never actually won the race before. This was her first time running, but she barely won against a Trumpist. And the issue there was crime. And, and crime in New York City is not as bad as it is in Chicago or San Francisco or some of the other places, but they've had spikes and, and it's on the minds of people. And, and they just ignored it. They just said, oh, just don't worry about this. Go, go, let's talk about abortion. Let's go look over here, look over, you know, the Wizard of Oz, ignore the man behind the green curtain, right? And, uh, and you can't do that. It was grossly irresponsible. And the reason that I talk about this is because, yes, it's a close house. Everything Ken said about the House is true. The problem is MAGA dominates the Republicans in the House. They own every committee. The agenda that they've already been talking about uh, is going to be devastating. Now, yes, it may count, count against them. It will likely turn away voters. But don't think that they won't do significant damage between now and 2024 because they will. And I'll give you one example. Jim Jordan who we've talked about on this show and I've written about in the corridor as one of the, you know, one of the Russia caucus, one of the, one of the traitors in Congress, uh, basically uh, is now is the chair of the Judiciary Committee or is about to be named the chair of the Judiciary Committee. He's already talking about his agenda as chairing of the committee. So it's pretty much a done deal. Jim George's not an attorney. He doesn't know anything about the law. He doesn't appreciate the law. He's not interested in the law, doesn't care about the rule of law. And yet he's gonna be the chair of the Judiciary Committee. There are 200 Republicans in the House, all better qualified than Jim Jordan, who have a background and an appreciation, but he's going to chair that committee and they're going to be working on Hunter Biden and impeachments and, and all kinds of nonsense. They're going to have DOJ up there all the time for show. And remember, folks, remember what the Republicans did during their last hearings just a couple of years ago when they had control. They had circus hearings. They were they were screaming. They were raising bogus issues. They kept repeating lies because the more you repeat lies, the more people start believing them. This is what the next couple of years are going to be because they won the House. And that's all they're going to do. They have no interest in policy. They have no interest in governing. They don't have a platform. They don't want to address inflation because they don't have an answer for it. They want to make a lot of noise about the border, but they don't have a plan for the border. They want to make a lot of noise about crime. They don't have a plan for that because they were raising these issues in their commercials, but they never proposed any ideas to address them because they don't want to govern. They just want power. And here, the next couple of years, we are going to see exactly what they're going to do with that power. And so in 2024, the country's going to have to come together again and defeat that enemy. And we were at, we're actually at seven thirty. I want my man Gabriel. I know he's in the chat waiting for us to bring him in. Um, but before I let these guys go, I do have one question that I did want to address to Rob, and that is skipping ahead into the Biden bombshells. Texas Governor Abbott this week is sending tanks and APCs 
down to the Mexican border because he's using an invasion clause for the influx of migrants. I, if you are a military guy, um, if you guys don't know him and read Robert's stuff over there, he's a retired U.S. colonel, also a JAG officer who teaches down in Florida. Um, so he knows his stuff. He's he's done time over in, in fighting for us. And, and, and um, your thoughts on this, because there are a lot of military people who are, I see them debating. They're not happy with Governor Abbott invoking this invasion clause. I'll give you the short answer because I want to let Ken weigh in too before we yes, have to yep, run. Yes, he's an immigration um, attorney. Yes. Yeah. So two things or, or a couple of things. First, they're not tanks. They're armored personnel carriers. They're not tanks. They don't shoot tank weapons. It, it, they're just armored personnel carriers. It doesn't really matter. I just want to correct the record because they're not actual tanks. This, the, the More importantly, this is an absolute misuse of the invasion clause. The invasion clause was a catch-all, was an emergency measure that if the federal government wasn't able to defend a United States border against an invading enemy force, then states could uh, use a stopgap. The states could use their National Guard or what have you to, to delay the invasion force until the federal forces, until the U.S. military could get there to do it. That's what it was supposed to be used for. There is no invasion. I understand all the problems at the border. I just mentioned it, that it was a weakness in the Democrats' campaign, that they didn't address it. I get it. There's a lot of issues with the border. We can address that on another show. But there is no invading army coming across the border. This is a complete misuse of the invasion clause. Abbott knows it. The people advising him know it. It's a very, very dangerous stunt. We'll see if it works for them or not, because some other other governors are going to do the same thing. And uh, this you know, this is where we get ourselves in trouble in this country. When we start accepting political stuntery like this uh, in, in clear violation of the Constitution, in clear violation of proper procedure uh, at incredible risk and nothing good is going to come of this. Ken, who's also an immigration attorney for how long? Let him know, Ken, because you can speak on this. Twenty eight years. Yeah. Everything Rob said is absolutely correct. Let's talk about the reason we have a crisis at the border. The reason we have a crisis at the border is the bureaucratic machinery that used to process non-U.S. citizens into the United States is broken. It's underfunded. It's archaic. We need to fix that. I could fix this problem tomorrow and this invasion. Give me a realistic budget. Give me absolute legislative control to reform our immigration system, to bring it up in the 21st century and beyond. I have this problem solved by next week. There is no invasion. And oh, by the way, in case you haven't noticed, the vast majority of people coming in these, coming into this country come in legally through various point of entry that are not along the Texas, New Mexico, Arizona border. And if you want to challenge me on that, we be more than happy to show these statistics, but we just don't have the time today. Yeah, I brought that up. That's a whole nother show. Guys, I want to thank you for coming on this show at 735. I got to get my next guest in here. Um, Asquid, let them know how they can follow you on the corridor. Yeah, just get on Facebook and uh, look at the corridor. Plus, uh, you're really good about reposting stuff on, on the booth link. So just you can get us either way. But uh, appreciate and, all the readers. And Ken, let them know. And I'm pissed because Ken's supposed to be writing some stuff on there. But you're letting you, Rob's back must be tired from carrying you on this website, the corridor. <laughs> Well, Rob writes a lot better than I do, so I just I just second his stuff. So yeah, Ken was Read nice enough Rob to suggest that I, I it, it, Ken was nice enough not to say that I have more free time than he does. <laughs> <laughs> so everybody, check these guys out. They're on with me the first Tuesday of every month. Are you guys going to be on with me in December? Yes, sure. absolutely. First first okay. week in December. 
Okay, cool. Just wanted to make sure of that. And um, let me get out of here. I'm going to take a quick break, and I'm going to be back with my next guest of the night, boxer Gabriel the Menace Morales. We're going to be right back here with the booth. Here we go. Hold tight. your boy back here in the booth broadcasting live from the city of champions you are watching the booth and um look as i said i want to thank my guys from first tuesdays kenneth diesenhoff robert resnick for coming on the show with me and um they held it down again to break down the election stuff but as i said i'm calling in you're watching this show i'm from the city of champions city of champions meaning rocky marciano city of champions Marvin Hagler. And now I got a guy who went pro. He is now 4-0 right now? 5-0. and 5-0 after this win in October, correct? So you just correct. beat Kevin, you just beat Kevin Rodriguez at the down and dirty to make yourself 5-0. and And I got a couple of questions, some funny stuff for you, but introduce yourself, man. Let them know who they talking to right now. Uh my name's Gabriel Menes Morales. Um I'm currently five and zero with three knockouts. Uh, and no, that's about it. You know, and and you and you here, you doing your thing. Uh, Gabriel Morales fights. He's super fe- now, now super featherweight. For those who don't know, the super featherweights are one twenty six, one thirty. Uh, one of the things I like to ask people, first of all, for those who don't know, some of the famous super featherweights out there: Manny Pacquiao, Oscar De La Hoya, Julio Cesar Chavez, Roberto Duran are some of the most famous super featherweights out there. Um, and I know that making weight and cutting weight and that type of thing is, is tough, especially in MMA. We see it in MMA where it's real tough. Guys have lost their life. Um, they've had to add classes. This doesn't happen. So for you in boxing, um, the featherweight, is that close to your walk around weight or do you usually have to struggle making your weight? Uh, no, it's, it's fairly close to my walk around weight. Um, so I walk around at like 140, 145. Um, and I usually fight at, like you said, 130, 135. So <clears throat> it's not too much of, um, of a weight difference for me, but, uh, this last fight was at 130 and, uh, I haven't been 130 before. So this is my first time getting down there. So it was a little harder than, um, than my usual, um, weight cuts, but, um, it all went smooth. How'd you feel? Cause I know a lot of, you know, I, I remember, um, you see a lot of guys, sometimes they drop a lot of weight. They don't They don't like going too low. Um, they come out of it. They may win a fight, but then they say, you know what? I, I may not fight at that anymore. I might do this because they were off. They can feel that difference there. 
Yeah, I mean, I, I definitely fell off. Um, I wouldn't say so much cardio-wise. I felt like my cardio was there 100%. Mm -hmm. um, but I definitely just felt like I was a little off. You know, my body um, wasn't doing what, you know, my mind was telling it to do at some points. And it wasn't because I was exhausted. Uh, it wasn't because I was tired at all. Um, my breath was there. My wind was there. So uh, I definitely think, you know, the weight cut definitely um, – it hurt my game a little bit because I was focusing a lot on cutting weight, especially during this camp and not so much, uh, my hands, you know what I mean? Nice. It's funny because you talk about, you know, cutting weight and you just had your fight in October. You've got a fight coming up in January. What's it like for Gabriel to now not have to worry about cutting weight. You heading into Thanksgiving on this Thursday, not <laughs> having to worry. What's your plate? Let me know. Because because I always have fighters. I always interview people on this show, and a lot of guys they get ready to fight, so they're angry because right. they you know do that. Don't don't mind me. I'm I'm making weight. Blah blah blah. They come on the show. They're angry. But you you got your fight done. It's in. You don't have to fight again till January. So. Are you going yeah. all out for Thanksgiving? What's on your plate for this for Thursday? I'm definitely, I'm de yeah, I definitely plan on going all out. hundred <laughs> uh, percent. You, uh, you gonna be the first one? You gonna be the first one at the turkey with the plate? So I'm gonna be the first one and the last one. <laughs> uh, but no, I mean, I you know, it's just it's just a part of the game. You know, what I mean, you have to always watch what you're eating, even when you're not fighting. So, you know, days like Thanksgiving where I'm not looking toward forward to a fight. I mean, I don't get this much often, so I'm definitely going to take right. full advantage of it. <laughs> you have to go. I've been following on social media. Yo, you you got to post that picture of your plate, man. <laughs> oh, I definitely will. <laughs> Tag me. I want to see it. I want to see I want to see the, the the main plate. I want to see your dessert plate. <laughs> Oh, what, gonna be everything. What's, what's dessert, the dessert? Dessert are gonna have to be posted a couple hours later because I'm gonna be sleeping. <laughs> what's your favorite <laughs> thing on Thanksgiving, man? Oh, what's, your, what's, your, what's your go to? What's that go to? That go that go to is you know it's got to be the rice. I love rice. I'm a sucker for rice. No matter, I can eat rice every day. Give me some rice, some rice and beans, and some turkey. I'll be good, and some stuffing maybe. <laughs> Some, some chicken stuff and I'm good. So you so you've been doing this grind. You went you went pro back in July of 2021. That was your first pro fight, and I actually saw the highlights of that. That's when you knocked out Cam Arnold in the first round. I think it was like 51 seconds into the first round, you knocked yeah. Cam Arnold out, and then um you went on this tear where you uh, had a, a, a knockout and then two t two KOs before leading up to this decision. Um, what are you looking forward to in 2023? And um, do you have any more info on this upcoming fight on the 20th? Is it a definite or not locked down yet? Um, I so so far I know the ve the venue's locked down. We just have to go off of you know opponents who I'm gonna fight. So I, I'll most likely 100% be fighting uh, January 28th, I believe. Um, uh, what was it? What was that first part of that low, question? Low low auditorium. Um. What are you looking forward to it going into to next year? What is the one thing you're looking forward to? Because uh, the, you know, on the, the one thing I'm the one thing I'm looking forward to is you know finally feeling comfortable um, in the ring and doing what I actually need to do. Um, I think these first these first five fights was kind of um, 
a big learning curve for me uh, just to kind of soak everything in because the pros is uh, a lot different from the amateurs. Um, you know, there's a lot of different uh, elements that you don't really notice until you're in the moment. So, uh, and I think that's, that's my biggest problem right now is that uh, once I get comfortable and once, you know, I get moving the way I know how to move and I know how I know I can move. Uh, I'm just gonna I'm going to be having the time of my life out there. So that's what I'm really looking forward to, you know, just getting that, getting those rounds and getting that experience because I started boxing really late. Uh, well, later than, you know, most, most uh, boxing prospects, you know what I mean? Uh, so, you know, I have a lot of ground to cover uh, and I think I've been doing a good job, you know, so far. Um, skill wise. So, I mean, it's just, this year has been, uh, this, these past two years have been, you know, just a ride for me. And, um, I just look forward to keeping it going and, uh, actually even more because I plan on having, uh, more fights next year than I've had in the past two years. So I want to have at least more than five, five fights next year. Nice, nice, nice. And we want to, we want to make sure we keep following you. Um, I'm a big fan of boxing, huge fan of MMA. You know, the, the, the 155 in boxing has always been in MMA and boxing, the 155 middleweight been my, that's, that's Taylor Hoyer. That's what you like. The, 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 the Hagglers, uh, Sugar Ray, let all them dudes was they, they just killed it. That was, that was my weight class back in the day. And then I love the heavyweights. I love, I love Tyson. And those heavyweights from that day, but the but the one fifty five was my that was my era. My dad turned me. Yeah, yeah. Boxing. Back back in the day, that was the class back in the day. Yeah, and, and you know, my dad turned me on to it. And one of the things that I I didn't like was when MMA came onto the scene. I loved it from the get go. UFC two, and a lot of people right out the gate they was talking about this demise of boxing, and I was pissed because I'm like, boxing ain't going nowhere because right. boxing was a foothold. Boxing was. One of the things you needed in MMA, you needed wrestling. You needed you need in the beginning of UFC. You needed boxing. You needed a good ground game, and you needed you jitsu or whatever. Boxing, you needed you needed to stand up. Even if you just had your one two combos and your basic punches, you needed boxing. And I told people boxing is right. not going anywhere. UFC is not right. going to kill. If anything, MMA actually helped keep boxing one on the map and add to that spectacle because. You had guys who were doing boxing. They had good records in boxing, but guess what? They weren't, for some reason, they weren't getting anywhere. So now a guy says, you know what? I got good hands. Let me this MMA gym and see what I'm trying to do here. And you got right. a lot of these guys that make that transition into MMA because they really weren't getting anywhere in boxing, they, and they make a little name for themselves. So I feel like um, it really it really complements each other. So I wanted to see your thoughts on that. Yeah, I mean, when I uh, they definitely both the both the sports complement each other very well. I think um, when I started um, getting, I've been in in and out of gym since I was a kid. Uh, I didn't get you know serious about it until I was about twenty two. But um, when I was in the gym, when I first started going to gyms, it was at a um, Brazilian Jiu Jitsu place. It's called oh, the Blazing okay. Sun in um, Tuxbury. Yeah. Um, so. 
Uh, for me, I mean, I didn't really like it. I, I like the stand-up more. That's where I think I realized I'm more of a stand-up guy. Um, I, I, I know how to, I know how to work on, on the ground and stuff like that. Like I know what to do if I'm ever in that position, but, uh, I just didn't have the knees for it back in the day. Um, I still don't definitely don't. So, uh, that's where I, I kind of, uh, focus more on my stand-up game and, uh, but yeah, no, definitely, you know, both the sports, I think we, we need both the sports, you know what I mean? Because I think, I think, uh, a lot of MMA guys need a lot of boxing guys, you know what I mean? I know a lot of <laughs> MMA guys who, um, are great on the ground, but the second they stand up, you know, they're in, they're lost. And I know there's a, a couple of local MMA guys around my way that train with, uh, boxers almost on the daily. And, yeah. um, that's what makes them, you know, have the hands that they have. Uh, so, <clears throat> you know, I, I just always had love for, for boxing. You know, it's, it's always been around. My grandfather always watched it when I was a kid. So I kind of gravitated more towards, you know, boxing than, um, what a lot of kids are gravitating towards nowadays, you know, with, with the MMA. And, you know, before we let you get out of here, I, I got to get into this topic. And I'm and I'm about to admit something. My viewers out there, I'm about to admit, admit something for the first time because I have a boxer on this show. And I'm going to talk about it. For, for the last three, four, for the last five years, I've had this hatred. I've had this hatred for a certain person out there named Jake Paul. And and my feelings with Jake Paul was, was that, you know what, F Jake Paul. Um, what you're doing to the boxing sport, travesty. I was, I'm, I'm pit, I was pissed for five years, and I, I, I think after five years, after bashing Jake Paul and asking other boxers their feelings on Jake Paul and hoping that they they bash Jake Paul with me, after watching Jake Paul have this last fight with Anderson the Spider Silver, which won by decision, and I looked at the money that was made, I looked at. The amount of people who tuned in to watch this boxing match. And what I've noticed in the last three of his fights, as much as I hate F and Jake Paul and what he's doing to the sport of boxing, he's actually pulling people in who never really watch boxing, who now you can say to them, I could be mad and say, I don't like Jake Paul, but damn. Yo, this kid Gabriel Morales is coming up. You want to see a good fight? Check him yeah. out. 40% of those people, guess what they're going to do when you tell them that? They're going to go and watch Gabriel Morales fight. And I right. feel like, you know what? Maybe we're wrong for bashing Jake Paul. Maybe we just let Jake Paul do what he's doing with boxing. But at the same time, hey, bro, check this kid out. Oh, you like that? Oh, check this out. How do you feel on that? Because I'm I'm admitting this right now because I've been beating the shit out of Jake Paul. Uh, in my opinion, you know, I gotta I gotta agree with you. You know, for the past few years, I think everybody's been bashing his name, um, which I feel like he's kind of used to that, so it, it worked out in his favor. But um, I think I think people need to give him a little bit more respect than he's been getting. Not um, so much of who he's fighting, you know what I mean? Uh, but just for what he's doing for the fighting community as a whole. Yeah. Um, and that goes for boxing and MMA. You know what and I mean? The, and like the numbers said, are there. The, 
the numbers are there because when you see him fight on a Saturday night pay-per-view and then on Sunday afternoon they have these boxing fights on Sunday on certain channels, they're seeing that translation of ratings. Right, right. And that's and that's what and that's what boxing is. That's what it, it's a business. You know what I mean? The more eyes you bring to you, the more people are gonna want you on their shows or you know what whatever. Um, but you know, for him, he's just bringing a lot of eyes to the sports. You know, he's bringing he's fighting um, to get these fighters more money. You know, especially MMA guys, um, yeah, yeah. which is is well deserved. And I think he gets a lot of respect from fighters more than the actual fans for that reason. Uh, because there's a lot of things that go on behind scenes that the fans don't see. Um, and he kind of brings it to light um, as he should, you know what I mean? Because we're going out there and we're putting our lives on the line for other people's entertainment. And yeah, I understand that we, we signed up for it. You know what I mean? That's what we do. But at the end of the day, no one's trying to get punched in the face for free, you know, and putting their egos on the line in front of hundreds of people. You know what I mean? So I I applaud him for what he's doing. Um, you know, I understand uh, that he has to step up in his opponents, but um, everyone says that. You know what I mean? He's starting off his career. You know what I'm saying? He's fighting a lot of guys that uh, have had that pedigree and been at that level. Um, yeah, he's taking them at the worst times, but it's all it's all for views. You know what I'm saying? You can't just put uh, a Joe Schmo up against uh, a guy like Jake Paul. You know what I mean? Because that's not going to generate eyes. You know what I mean? You got to put two guys that are going to bring two guys with names that are going to bring something to the table in order for it to be as successful as, you know, it is. Yeah. You know, like I said, I, I'm, I'm just admitting this on the show right now for the first time because my view has kind of changed of this whole thing. When when he first started this out, I was pissed. I was I felt like he was just he was just stepping on boxing in the history and then now that I see it from the business side and what he's doing and what he's bringing and now seeing the ratings, like I said, I saw the ratings. I've been watching these ratings and I've been watching boxing. I'm like, damn, he's helping out boxing right now. So as much as you hate, you can't hate because he's bringing eyes on the sport. That might not be. Exactly. And, and for in his defense too, he is getting a lot better. I, I seen a couple clips and um, from, uh, when he first started to now, and it looks like, you know, a whole different fighter, you know, as long as he's taking the sport serious, you know what I mean? <clears throat> he's not trying to, you know, because a lot of people, you you know, this is a sport that you have to respect, you know what I'm saying? Even if you don't like it, because a lot, a lot of people would do what we do. <clears throat> so um, just, you know, in order for him to be successful, he just, you know, has to keep on doing what he's doing. And before we let you go, um, I just got to mention today, there was some big news in the super featherweight world of, of professional boxing, Jeff Fennick. If you guys know who Jeff Fennick have, Jeff Fennick is the trainer for Mike Tyson back in the day. I think he still trains a little bit with Mike Tyson, 
But Jeff Finnick was one of the most popular super featherweights back in the day. He actually had a famous raw match against Azuma Nelson back in the day. Um, they have finally ruled after 31 years that he actually won that fight. So today, Jeff Fennick was awarded with the title for winning that fight 31 years ago against Azuma Nelson, which was a draw. And if I'm not mistaken, that fight was on HBO 31 years ago today. So congrats to Jeff Fennick, Mike Tyson's trainer, who was awarded that today. Just goes to show you, keep fighting, keep grinding if you feel you've been done wrong. 30, 31 years is a long time. And I know I've got pissed. a lot of people I'd be out pissed here. somebody. T- <laughs> <laughs> a lot of people out here showing you some support and stuff. And uh, they want to make sure you get your shout-outs in. So let me let you get your shout-outs in and how people can find you and follow you on social media. Uh, yeah, so anybody can find me. Uh, you can just look me up, Gabriel Mendes Morales, um, on everything. I should pop up. Uh, you know, uh, I like to give a couple shout-outs. You know, first of all, my family. You know, without, without you guys, you know, none of this is possible. You guys help me so much. Um, you know, all my friends, all my supporters – um, without you guys, you know what I mean? This, it, it would be hard for me. It wouldn't give me as much motivation as I have, you know, the, the messages daily, you know, uh, how much I motivate people that motivates me as well. Uh, you know, just, you know, the, the team, you know, everyone that shows up at the gym every day, uh, all my coaches, you know what I'm saying? You know, it's none of this is possible without anyone. Um, it's not only, it's not only me, I rely on, you know, a whole, uh, farm of people. Uh, and, uh, lastly, lastly, my boy, my, my boy, baby reckless, you out there, I see you, (laughs) I see you, don't worry, I won't forget you ever, go look up his, go look, go look up his music on all platforms, baby reckless. You know, they oh, were just okay. playing his, they were just I playing might have to get him on the show. Yeah. Oh, hell yeah. I know he'd love him on that. The show. You if you got music saying? videos or what? Yeah, I manage an artist. I manage a recording artist, Viana Marie. I'm, I'm out there. I DJ. I would there love to go. get his music just, and his video. Everything, everything in this world is about <clears throat> connections. Yeah, yeah. Hit me up. If you if you out here watching Baby Reckless, hit me up. Drop me some links in the chat. Stuff to look at if your music, if you got a music video and it's good enough, 30 minutes before my show airs, I have some of the best, dopest music videos from local artists in the Boston area. So it gets into rotation. So baby reckless, let me know. Hit me up. We doing shows too. We put shows together. We have people perform. If his stuff is clout, <clears throat> we can definitely yeah. get him on and get him in. That's what so you that's what it's all about. You're fighting on January 28th. My man Matt Cameron does a show. I love Maddie Cameron's show. Maddie Cameron's show. He does this show. Maddie Cameron sports for you and me. He talks with all the boxers, MMA guys. So what I think I'm going to do, I'm going to send you right to Maddie C. So Maddie C can get with you in January to talk about this fight. Because Maddie yeah. likes to go out to the fights, support people. Um, Maddie's been going out there. He's been uh, following Jalen Renard. I don't know if you're familiar with Jalen Renard. Maddie C's been supporting him real hard. Um father his father just passed away oh rest in peace his, man rest in peace out to him but um yeah we're definitely gonna have to get together man and um yeah for sure bro that's what this is what it's all about you know what i mean connecting with people getting getting both of our names out there not just not just mine yeah and dude thanksgiving day after or, what, or even thanks 
Just tag me. I'm going to make sure I send you a picture of my plate the second I get it. (laughs) Right before you say, I want that picture, you with the fork. second I get it, before I even take a bite. Boom, send that right to Keith. I want to see that because I know. Because look, like I said, I've interviewed a lot of fighters, man. And I've I've had to deal with some, I've had dudes in the studio that was mad. We, We would order pizzas or something. Like, dude, why you want a pizza? You know, I'm make, I'm trying to make weight. Yep, yep. Can't even <laughs> I can see punch it. you, you right now. It, you smell it, no matter where. <laughs> oh man! So people, this is Gabriel the Menace Morales. Yo, promo photo that we used for the for our banner was tight. Good stuff. And um, yeah, I'm gonna hook you up with Manny C Sports for you and me. Gonna have him follow up with you. Get you on this show for January. Um, Lowell Auditorium is where you're fighting now. Are you locked down with that promotion or can you fight with other promotions? Uh, I can fight with other promotions, but uh, for the most part, we've been keeping a good relationship. So, um, I'm gonna be, I'm gonna be right, right where I am. Okay, cool, cool, cool. So, I want to thank you for coming on the show. Hope you have a good Thanksgiving. We're gonna take a quick break and the booth will be right back here. I got some more topics. And don't forget, people, when I close out the show tonight, I got that fan-made trailer of the Godzilla Gamera movie that needs to happen. Godzilla Day was November 3rd, but for me, it's Godzilla Month. I am a Godzilla maniac. (laughs) I love my Godzilla. Godzilla versus Gamera would be the dream fight for me on the the big screen. So we've got this exclusive fan-made trailer Coming up for you at the end of the show tonight. Uh, but we're going to take a quick break. I'm going to be back with more booth after this. Here we go. All right, we're back here in the booth, broadcasting live from the City of Champions. It's your boy. Oh, Kevin Jeffries. Yes, yo, Kevin Jeffries said, yo, tell him to hit me up. Yes, I will, Kevin Jeffries. He's actually in the chat. Uh, Kevin, hit him up, hit him up, hit him up, Kevin. He's in the chat. Gabriel Mendes. Gabriel Mendes Morales. That Kevin. Uh, up, you'll see there. And yes, I know my mic's going in and out. You know why? Because I keep going away from my mic to tap stuff into my phone. And guys are showing me much love in the chat. So I peel away and my noise gate kicks in. And um, that's about it. Hey, I got to apologize real quick. I know I'm looking. I know I'm looking real scruffy here, but that's because Thursday's Thanksgiving. And I see my man, Corey, down at Eastside Cuts. I see him right to the day before. So Wednesday... I'm scheduled to see my man, Corey, and for, for fellas out there, I, I go see my man, Corey, because I get a nice cut. I get the straight edge razor. Um, Corey brings out the hot towel, puts the hot towel on the head after he, shaves, after he shaves it and on my face, and I'll tell you right now, fellas, going to the barbershop is nice, but for me, I, I, I have a bald head, so when I get that hot towel wrapped around my head after that cut and those pores open up, it's a feeling like you've never felt before. It's all, yo, this shit's almost orgasmic. Hell, that, that hot towel on the skin to open your pores, your head is just amazing. Amazing. So when you get when you 
get there. I, I, that's why I got a little scruff because I know Thursday's Thanksgiving, but I want to be tight, tight. So I got to thank my guys, Ken Dizoff, Robert Resnick for coming on. Also, my last guest you just saw on here, boxer Gabriel Menes Morales. Thank you for coming on here, sir. Um, Maggie Penny, what's going on? She's in the chat. Hello, hello, hello. And I got to get back in to the booth, our show. I got to get back into the show. Let's get in here. Let's go. Let's go. Let's go. Uh, Senate passes med marijuana medication bill at the Senate level. They passed the bill. This little marijuana is passed. That is accepted nationwide, federally, across the board. Across board, every state. Every state. Governors have to step up. But shortly after the Senate announces and quietly passes the marijuana medication bill, the House passes legis legislation decriminalizing marijuana. Now, just two weeks ago, the House passed this bill that just reached the Senate. You see what I'm saying? You see where this is headed, people? You see, I, I talked about this on the show. You see where this is going? You see where this is going? The Senate just passed the medicinal marijuana bill within two weeks. Now, the House has stepped up, and now I've gone to the next step, and the next step is decriminalizing marijuana, and then that will go to the Senate. If the Senate approves it in a week or two or whenever it gets to the Senate, Guess what's going to happen? The Senate, if they decriminalize marijuana, the governors across the country are going to have to step up and make their decisions and do what they need to do. The DOT, the DOT is going to receive $11 billion to assist police and transportation companies on finding ways of how to test for marijuana like you would do alcohol with a breathalyzer. Why? Here's the reason why. Unemployment is still around. People are still not being hired. Part of the reason why people aren't being hired is because a lot of people are smoking weed and can't pass tests or don't want to take a test. I know myself, a lot of retirees. Once they retired, they started smoking weed. And guess what? I'm not picking up a second job to supplement my hours. I'm smoking weed right now. But if you weren't being tested for weed and you could smoke your weed responsibly and the feds say, lay, it's done. Guess what's going to happen, people? A lot of these people are going to come back to the workforce. Trust to believe me. A lot of these people, if they drop marijuana testing from the DOT and things of that sort, they're coming back. Sports have already dumped it. They've already dumped it. So the House has passed the legislation decriminalizing marijuana. They're going back to 2013, which is 10 years. Um, and those people with federal cases from 2013 to the present will be expunged. Ten years is a fair amount to go back because anybody before 2013 is probably already out of jail for serving it. Whatever. So going back 10 years is, is I'm pretty excited about that. Keep your eye on it. Um, the veteran who helped disarm the gunman at the gay club in Colorado says he just followed his instincts. Is it Hired U.S. Army General. Um, he disarmed <clears throat> Rich Ferrero, disarmed this shooter who is now what we know is the grandson of a California MAGA lawmaker. Um, the question here is, is how did this kid get a gun after bomb threats and assaulting his mom back in June or July of last year? The problem here is the reason why he wasn't picked up on any radar and stuff 
is because his mother dropped all charges and the prosecution couldn't move forward. So the case was dismissed. If the case is dismissed, guess what? He doesn't go on checklist. Um, incident won't come up in his records if he buys a gun because he just bought this gun. <clears throat> and they did the background check. And the background check allowed them to purchase this firearm. Um, and this charge is being dropped. And, and, I, and I get it. Some people are going to be pissed and some people are going to say that that should have came up, but it shouldn't. If you're If the charges are dismissed and you're free to go as a free man, you should not be held accountable. You should not be held accountable because a person could have lied about this. By the charges. I get it. I get it. It's a, it's another loophole that can't really be avoided <clears throat> to be honest. It can't be avoided. Um, in the entertainment booth, rest in peace. Rest in peace. Jason David Frank. Jason David Frank was just here two months ago at, at GameStop, week before the Rhode Island Comic. I was trying to plan to go down Vengeance. You guys see me on? And I was trying to go down and meet Jason David Frank, who was my favorite Power Rangers. The reason why he was one of my most favorite Power Rangers is because Jason David Frank really brought the martial arts aspect to the he was a he was a real martial arts dude. Do his shit. Do his shit when it came to martial arts. I had thought that James uh I I had thought that this man would have been the next big action star. Um, but he kept he stayed loyal to Jason uh to Power Rangers, Jason David Frank stayed, stayed loyal. Um and then just this week, all of the Power Rangers that are left, Austin St. John, who he didn't get along with, the Red Ranger. He didn't get along with the Red Ranger because he came in and took Austin St. John's spot, really, to be honest, and they they never liked each other. Um, but Austin St. John put out, uh, I'm almost getting choked. I mean, it's, there's some people that that are celebrities. I don't even know them, but there's some people that things that happen will choke you up. Chester Bennington of Lincoln Park when he committed suicide. And that's why this is choking me up, people, and I'm going to get into it. <clears throat> but Walter Jones, the Black Ranger tribute is crazy. But Amy Joe, Pink Ranger, um, and they were the only two Rangers to appear in the new Power Rangers reboot movie. They were the only two originals who were in that film, and she gave a, a tear-jerking um, tribute to Jason David Frank. The reports that saddens me is that Jason David Frank um, and what, like, I went live when when Chester Bennington killed himself. I went live. I was so angry. I was so mad because I had a friend. I was younger. I had a friend, and I'm not mentioning any names. I had a friend who committed suicide. He got up one morning, kissed his kids, put them on the bus, walked across the street from the house, and hung himself in a graveyard across. The street. And I felt anger, anger. Still feel anger till today. Don't feel removed. I feel anger that someone so depressed and, and so upset that they would take their own life. And it, 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 I can never understand it. And here, Jason David Frank, who's 49 years old, um, hasn't been confirmed, but the reports are is that he took his own life. It was just two weeks ago that his wife, who he was going through a divorce with, 
decided, hey, guess what? I'm about, I'm going to embarrass this man. She had him served in Texas, I believe, with his divorce papers at the comic book convention. So imagine. Imagine, people. You're, you're Jason David Frank. Comic book convention is packed with fans, people coming to see you. And here's somebody just waiting in the line, waiting in the line. You think, man, this dude's waiting in the line. He must really like me. And you get up there and they put down what they want you to sign and he signs it. Ends up being someone serving them with divorce papers. And emotion has to take over. If you're Jason David Frank, your emotion has to take over. It has to take over. You have to lose your composure at the fact. Because the guy's going to tell you, hey, you've now been served right in front of everybody in the comic book convention. It's utter embarrassment. It is sheer insanity. I get it. You can be petty. Your marriage could suck. But there are some things I just, if you want to end a marriage, there's some things I just don't agree with. And I get it. She probably was like, he's always on the road. I can't have him served. But I'm damn sure he's going to be here signing autographs. So here's who we can get him. I'm pretty sure. And I'm not, I'm not here to bash women, but I'm just saying that I feel like sometimes people, when you get in a relationship and then you get mad and petty with each other, I think there are some things they, cause they had kids. They had kids. And now she's got to live with this. She probably didn't. She probably didn't think that this was going to happen. She probably thought, Oh, you know what? I'm mad. I'm mad on this and that and, and whatever. But this is what happened. And not even a week or two later, Jason David Frank takes it. And it sucks because it's bringing mental health discussion back to the forefront and depression and definitely need to address. Um, also in the entertainment booth, Bel Air season two. Look, I broke the trailer when the fan made trailer was released by Mr. Cooper. I put it out there. I let people see it. People were like, what the hell is this Keith? And then two days later, Jaden Smith showed the trailer to his dad. And then his dad reached out to Morgan Cooper. And guess what? They made the show Bel Air. It was a hit show. Here is the trailer for this season's Bel Air season two. Here's the teaser trailer. Here we go. Life Man. is a series of choices. Man, a world of either this or that. Push for what you want or let people figure it out on their own. Set your own rules or disturb the system. Stay true to your vision no matter the cost. Play the game they want you to play or draw the line and then simply walk away. We all got choices to make. But this time, no one chooses for me. Season two, ready to go, Bel Air. And 80 for Brady, let me get into this trailer. It's the Golden Girls meets 
the New England Patriots Atlanta Super Bowl. <laughs> That's kind of what this pitch is. Um, 199 Films, which is Tom Brady's production company. This is his movie, 80 for Brady. Here's the trailer right here. Let's check this one out on the booth. Now, it's time for the 80 for Brady starting lineup. Lily Tomlin, Wayne State University, Rita Moreno, PS132, Sally Field, Birmingham High School, Jane Fonda, college dropout. The 80 for Brady trailer starts in 3, 2, 1. Game's about to start. Ooh. There's Tom. Oh, oh, what a beautiful man. I like Gronkowski. We know, Trish. We've all read your Gronk erotica. It's not erotica. It's fan fiction. Very sexy fan fiction. Aren't you tired of the same old boring lives? Let's go to the Super Bowl. The Super Bowl is no place for four old women. This could be Tom's last one. He's almost 40. That's like 80 in people years. Yeah, we're 80 in people years. I just really need this trip. I can't believe we're actually here. Taking this one. He's cute. So you don't have any tickets? How much for four? 10,000. 10,000? Well, I have a 20 in my strap-on. That's a fanny pack. If you wear it like this, it's a strap-on. Wow. It is so great to meet you. Beauty has no expiration date. Krish. I didn't flirt. He did. There's so much here to do. We could even win these tickets. This is a spicy wings contest. Bring the pan! I could use a little spice. I know her! You black out, who you want me to call? An ambulance? Ow! If you did this to give us something to remember, why, honey? It worked. Do you think you could get us in? Follow me. These are my dancers. Prove it. What dance moves you ladies know? A twist. A jerk? Let's do it. Great! Gronk. Hi. So big. Thank you. Isn't that what friendship is? That we face the unknown together? Let's go, Golden Girls. Come with me. Make a fight. Hey, what? No, 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 no. Let's go. Oh, my God. That's Tom These are good. Very good. Oh, careful. They're high dosage. High dosage? Excuse me, I'm looking for someone. Are you okay? I'm Guy Fieri. <laughs> 80 for Brady. Jane Fonda. 80 years old. Jane Fonda. Damn. <laughs> Her plastic surgeon is earning that money, boy. Jane, Jane Fonda got like 30, 30 year old girls talking like, damn. <laughs> You're supposed to be 80? <laughs> Jane Fonda is, is like the oldest of the bunch. Damn. Plastic surgery is insane. <laughs> 80 for Brady. Uh, for those who don't know, they go down to NRG Stadium and they go. The Patriots beat Atlanta Falcons, which. And the Falcons fans have to relive this. <laughs> In the sports booth, people. Uh, Fenway Park is hosting key high school football matchups this week at the amazing establishment Fenway Park, the oldest park in the nation. 
Brockton High is playing Bridgewater Raynham Wednesday night, 6.30. I was hoping that BCA was going to carry the game live or Nesson, uh, since Nesson covers usually the MI8, but I guess there is no live coverage of these for the rules, I guess. I don't know. I heard that. Uh, Frank that. Kind of hoping this is wrong. It looks like we might get it on a 24-hour delay, but that's going to kind of suck because you're going to know if Brockton High beat BR by the time the show, it by the time the game airs, and that kind of sucks. I want to, it's $20. Uh, if you're a Brockton, if I'm not mistaken, if I'm not mistaken, if you go on the link to buy the tickets, tickets are $20 for the game, and the $20 gets you in to see all the games, not just the Brockton game, $20 gets you in to see all the games. But if I'm not mistaken, if you are a resident of the school that is playing in this game and you put the code in, I believe you get two tickets for the price of one if you're a Brockton resident. If I'm not mistaken, please go on the website. Uh, Fenway Park has a link for those tickets. And um, these kids are playing at Fenway Park. It's going to be a great time for them. Um, Kevin Jeffries. Has linked up with Gabriel Morales. Good job, guys. Good job. So hopefully we'll see you on Happy Hour with Lido. That's how you make moves. Um, also, let's get back to the sports booth. Patriots, 10-3 with a walk-off 84-yard punt return against the Jets. 3-3 was this game right up until the end. Marcus Jones takes a punt return to the end zone. Here's the thing, people. Here's what I don't get. <laughs> he won. It's a walk-off punt return, six points. Bam. The game should end. Why do we bring everybody out to just kick this unnecessary, unneeded extra point? I get it. It's part of the rules and whatever, but I don't think we need to rub. I, I, I don't think we need to rub in the celebration a second time by kicking the extra point for one point. When the game is over, you've won. There's no time on the clock. You've won. There is no real reason to kicking the extra point. I'd love to see the NFL people Explain it to me why this is done. What, what, why? I don't agree with it. What I don't agree with right now are also are people going back and forth about Mac Jones sucking and how the Patriots are going to lose on Thursday, Thanksgiving Day. You spoiled ass Patriots. Do something else. Do something else. That's it. That's all we want. Do something else. Holy And all you Mac Jones bashing, hating, hoping that Bailey Zappi is in there. You got... Lighten up, Francis. Lighten up. Lighten up. You know why? Because I've been a fan of this team when you couldn't even give tickets away. You couldn't even give tickets away. That's how long I've been a fan for this team. I was a season ticket holder and couldn't give tickets away. I was I was a season ticket holder so far back that games were only played at one o'clock. They never got a primetime game. Games were on it. Games games started at one. They weren't televised. So guess what? There weren't all these TV timeouts. It wasn't all these breaks. You went to a Patriots game at one o'clock. Guess what? You was home and ready to in, in your night in your pajamas by 345 to watch the four o'clock game. I shit you not. I am I'm dead serious, bro. You had a seat, you had a stadium that sat 60,000 
and only 20,000 people. So there was, there was no, there was no backup of traffic sitting there for three hours. Wasn't none of that. There was no TV timeouts. They came out, they played. You played the game and the game was over quick. Quick. <laughs> you was home <laughs> in your pajamas, ready to watch that four o'clock game. I, I, I swear. I'm, I'm just letting you know. Okay. So all you people, y'all talking about Mac Jones, this and Mac Jones, that Mac Jones doesn't suck. The offensive play calling sucks. Mac Jones flourished last year under the play calling of Josh McDaniels. Period. Period. This year, the play calling is horrendous. Somebody had said on, the, on my page, Mac Jones can't throw the ball more than 10 yards. Really? Because I remember a 40-yard, 50-50 ball that Mac Jones put up. I also know that Mac Jones toasted the Jets' defense this past week. And he is the first one to do as such. Mac Jones is only in his second year. He got hurt partway through this year. He was on a tear before he got hurt. He was on a tear. And don't get me started because everybody throws up the Brady references. Don't get me. Don't get me started about sit down. Sit down. Because all y'all was ready to get rid of Tom Brady in his second year. Yes, you were. Yes, you were. Sit down. Yes, you were. In the second year for Tom Brady, everybody was wanting to get rid of him because his interceptions ratio was up high. He was getting balls batted down at the line. Why? Because he had this bad habit of patting the ball, patting the ball, and getting the ball knocked down or getting picked off. And you all was pissed off. You all wanted him traded. You all wanted him gone. When, when, when Brady went down in Cleveland to the dirty hit and Matt Castle came in and Matt Castle tore up the season and then the season was over and everybody was talking about Brady coming back next year. Half y'all was looking to get rid of freaking Tom Brady then and keep Matt Castle. Yes, you were. Yes, you were. I'm calling you out. I'm calling all you all phony, fake ass, spoiled ass, New England Patriots so-called fans out there. Yes, you were. Yes, you were. Yes, you were. You, 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 and you know you. And it happened again when Brady went down and Jimmy Garoppolo came in. And all y'all was talking about, let's keep Jimmy G and let's get rid of Brady. Y'all was ready to get rid of Tom Brady so fast for Jimmy Garoppolo. Y'all remember week four when, 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 when the Patriots got their asses handed to them by Kansas City Chiefs? Remember that week four? I remember. I remember everybody calling in the sports radio talking about, oh, we need to blow up Foxborough. Oh, we need to fire Belichick. Oh, we need to trade Tom Brady away before the trade deadline. We just got our asses kicked to the KC. Oh, all y'all was all. Sit down. We went and won the Super Bowl that year. We went and won the Super Bowl that year. So all you people talking all this stuff about Mac Jones. Oh, my good Lord. Oh, my. Jesus. God. Tap dancing Christ. Stop it. Stop it. Stop it. 
Most of y'all didn't even want Tom Brady here. So stop acting like he's this, this and that and all this stuff and, 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 and bashing Mac Jones. Mac Jones is only in his second year. Does he have some problems at quarterback? Yes, he does. Yes, he does. But he's got to learn. Out of that whole class from that year, who would you rather? Who would you rather? Zach Wilson from the Jets? Because Rob Sala just said he's not committed to making him the starter because his game was absolutely horrendous. The only guy out of that quarterback class that's really doing kind of better than Mac Jones is Justin Fields in Chicago because Trevor Lawrence was horrible. You want to talk football? You want to talk about who's good, who's nice, who sucks? Let's be real here. Let's be real here. Now let's get on to this conversation where you guys are talking about um, Minnesota. We're going to get into that. But first of all, I got to give my props to Deion Sanders, Coach Deion Sanders, 11-0, the Jackson State University Tigers, undefeated. Coach of the year nods. Coach of the year nods. I'm in. Thanksgiving Day, Buffalo Bills taking on the Detroit Lions. Lions are always getting served up. But guess what? They're on a winning streak. Can they keep it going against the Bills? We'll see. Giants and Cowboys always battle on Thanksgiving. Always a good fight. I can't wait for that game. But the Patriots are taking on the Vikings. And everybody's sitting here. They're talking about the Patriots going to lose to the Vikings. They're going to get smoked by the Vikings. They're going to get this to the Vikings. Justin Jefferson's going to do this. Sit down. Sit down. Sit down. I have. Look, I already picked the Patriots to win this game when the season began. Why? Because it's a short week. And stranger things happen on a short week when you have to prepare for somebody. And guess what? The Vikings just got their asses handed to them by the Dallas Cowboys. Seven sacks they gave up. Seven sacks Minnesota gave up. Kirk Cousins on his back seven times in this loss to Dallas. Dallas is the number one team in sacks this year. Let me ask all you Patriots fans out there, who's the number two team right now in the NFL in sacks? You want to know who? The New England Patriots are number two. And who's the leading sack leader in the NFL right now? Matt Judon, number nine, Mr. Red Sleeves. So you all want to come on and talk about how Minnesota Vikings are going to run all over the Patriots this week on Thursday. No, they're not. No, that you're high. You are high. First of all, the Patriots defense, which has been playing lights out, which is one of the reasons why the Patriots have been getting into these games back and forth, why they took Green Bay to the limit, why they took Dallas to overtime. The reason why is because the Patriots defense has been on point for every game this season with the exception of one game. One game. Other than that, Mick Judon has been on point. God Chuck is back. And if you think the Vikings are going to spare one-on-one coverage to keep Judon out that pocket, you're out of your mind. You're out of your mind. Judon is going to draw double coverage all day for that Minnesota Vikings Thanksgiving game. Trust and believe me, that game's indoors. It's in Minnesota. It's, look, it's about to be ridiculous. And here's the other thing, people. 
The Minnesota Vikings. Guess where they're ranked against the pass? Guess where Minnesota is ranked against the pass? In the middle of the field. Which means Mac Jones could have a game this week that might shut all y'all up. All y'all who've been complaining about Mac Jones, like I said. Lighten up, Francis. Lighten up. Lighten up, Francis, because you're going to see a totally different game. And they're going to have to open this playbook. Matt Patricia, I'm speaking about you. Now, I'm mentioning Matt Patricia because a few weeks ago, I talked about the special teams coach getting fired. And it's uh, Cam. Cam, I forget the dude's last name. But they've now elevated Troy Brown. Troy Brown was the wide receivers coach. Troy Brown is now talking with the secondary and special teams. Troy Brown is now, as you see, speaking with special teams players and making a difference. 84-yard punt return. Don't get me started. The Vikings are coming in here on Thanksgiving. And guess what? This game is not going to be a blowout like everybody says. And I love all my people over at Hot 96.9, Melissa Romero and all them. I heard them this morning saying it's going to be another blowout. It's going to be. No, it's not. This game is going to be closer than people realize. The defense is going to keep it. And look, Belichick ain't stupid. Justin Jefferson is a threat at wide receiver. But guess what? We got the Joneses. We got the Joneses in the secondary. This is going to be a game right here. Destin Jefferson is going up against the number one and I think the number four safeties, cornerbacks, defensive guys in the league in single coverage people. The two Joneses are in the top five defensive players in single coverage. Coverage. You know what that means? That means they don't need help. That means they really don't need help. They're good on one-on-one -on -one coverage with guys like a Justin Jefferson. A guy like a Stefan Diggs. So let me see you guys next Tuesday when this game is all said and done. And you see that this game is going to be decided by three or six points. It ain't going to be the blowout you all think. I'm just like that right now. Uh, Minnesota Vikings have also lost their offensive lineman, Christian Darshaw, for this game. Lost it. <laughs> lost your star offensive lineman for this game when you got Matt Judon, the leading sack leader, coming into your stadium on Thanksgiving Day? Sit down. Sit down. Sit down. It's gone. Yo, this could be an ugly game for Matt Judon people if they don't double cover. And, and you're giving up double coverage when you've got an offensive lineman guy down. You're going to see it early. Pay attention to the line. When you watch this game on Thursday, pay attention to the line. By the bombshells. Talked about Texas Governor Abbott early in the show. Sending tanks to the border. Rob Resnick, Ken Diesel. Talked all about that one. Keep your eyes on that story. Also, CBS broke this stupid-ass story about Hunter Biden's laptop data appears to be genuine. We knew this. We knew all of this. We knew smart 
Common sense people knew the Russians did nothing with Hunter Biden's laptop. We all knew it. We all knew it, but everybody was throwing around all this stuff. We knew it, which is why they did the investigation into his taxes and his financials to see if this was true. It wasn't true. They found he did nothing wrong. He didn't benefit from anything. So now CBS has released this FBI story leak that Russians never tampered with his laptop as some people had put out there. So of course the GOP has jumped on this story and now they're running with it, trying to make it look like this is two years ago. We knew this. Stop it, CBS. Stop it. Do something else. Do something else. That's it. That's all we want. Do something else. Holy Ukraine invasion. NATO clears Russia of wrongdoing. The missile attack was not a Russian attack. The missile that struck Warsaw, Poland last week was actually an anti-air defense missile fired by the Ukraine that struck a Russian missile. Factory train changed, and that missile ended up landing in Warsaw, Poland. Um, tragedy of war. These happens. Um, of course, NATO had to do a quick investigation and. and Everybody was ready to hang Russia out to dry and <clears throat> claim this was an act of war and blah, blah, blah. And it was like, hey, 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 wait, because we know what this is all about. We need to cut our eyes and cross these and they did. And they came back and I did everything. Um, again, thanks everybody for supporting the show. Guys with the beanies supporting the show. Um, you guys, I love you. And uh, thank you for supporting. Also, check out my shows. Kevin Jeffries was in the chat. Maddie Cameron wasn't in the chat that I didn't see that, but I got to get him in touch with um, Gabriel Menace Morales so he can get on Maddie C Sports for you and me. Check out Talk Back with Gloria Shea, Drafting the Circuits, which is on Thursday nights. She Talks Football Podcast, Talk Back with Gloria Shea, and my show, The Booth. Make sure to keep supporting us and watching us and doing what we're doing here. Um, also, happy holidays from Bat Bus. All buses will be free. Beginning November 25th to December 31st, all buses will be free from November 25th to the end of the year. So if you want to take a bat bus, free. I'll be, I think I'm going to be taking advantage of that. Taking advantage of that. Back and forth into Boston. That bus will be free. Uh, very boom Christmas squad. Uh, very boom squad Christmas. <laughs> um, that's coming up on December 9th. Vian Marie is performing live. And want to make sure you check it out. Bring your toys to be donated. Also, congrats to all those nominated artists who have been on the show. The booth for Boston Music Awards, Destiny Claymore, who was on this show. She was also in the movie Free Guy with Ryan Reynolds. He's been nominated for R&B Artist of the Year. Elion Virtuoso, who performed with Viana at Prova with us this year. He's been named Latin Artist of the Year. And don't forget, videographer of the year, Scott Sandinato, who shot the video that's role for Viana Marie. He's nominated for videographer of the year for a video for Kane and Rex and those guys. And then uh, Mark's Army Book Drive, October 20th to December 20th. Mark's Army Book Drive, donate your brand new books at Large Street, 48 Large Street. And those books will go to those who are in the military overseas and give them something. Also, check out this spot right here. This is Barrows, Alaska. Barrows, Alaska, people. This week, 
for the next 65 days, Barrows, Alaska. I gotta take my earbuds out. So, Barrows, Alaska, the sun went down and it's gonna stay down for the next 65 days in Barrows, Alaska. Guess what, people? I would have been at the store getting my garlic, <laughs> getting my, my, my holy water, <laughs> getting my wooden steaks, getting all of my vampire shit correct. For those who don't know comic books and horror movies, one of the best horror graphic novels and one of the most violent vampire movies ever 30 days of night which was based on barrels alaska in the 65 days <laughs> of of this vampire attack on barrels alaska after the sun goes down you've never seen the movie 30 days of night Ooh. And that's and that's exactly how the town looks. When you when you they actually filmed the movie there, um, that's exactly the town. I can pick out some of the places where some of the shit happened in the film if you're looking at that picture. Um, but it's a great movie. It's violent, it's scary. And like I said, if I lived in Barrels, Alaska, <laughs> I'm getting my garlic, I'm getting my steak together, I'm getting all of my shit. You ain't gonna catch me sleeping vampire. Sorry, sorry, ain't happening, ain't happening. Again, thank you everybody for tuning in the show, and um, thanks for supporting the show. And what I got left here was SpongeBob takes us home, and Maddie C Sports for you and me is coming up. Got Godzilla versus Gamera, fan-made trailer, and SpongeBob is going. So here you go. Check out this gem right here. This is this is insane right here. I gotta give this this person props. Um here we go. Here we go.
Thank you for listening to The Booth on Hoobazoo and HatcherRadio.com. Please follow the Facebook page and subscribe to the podcast at Apple Podcast, iHeartRadio, and Spotify. The Booth is a Sinister One production hosted by Sinister One. I've got to start hanging out with friends that are a little more intelligent and understand politics and stuff. It's just that I'm up on this level up here and all my friends are down here. Me, nah. You guys, nah. Maybe a little more down, down in here. Screw you guys, I'm going home. I smoke, I drink, I do my thing. These bitches hatin', so you know I got to make it plain. Don't do cocaine with your chick, my main. We stick together, true forever, yeah, you know we bang. I miss those days, which was easy. If only I make it, no repeat. Now that I done upgraded, I've been upstate, but y'all think I'm playing. And I gotta hit now for these weak ass hoes who think I ain't slaying. Try me, try me, and I'll probably end up laughing, cause I never back down. I'm that chick with a clean ass whip. I don't need that shit, I got my own now. I get hot, I get tired of fussing, fighting, guess I gotta crack down. Don't mess with me, cause on everything, I'ma have to bring the whole city out. W-H-O-O-B-A-Z-O-O-N-A-T-O-B-A-Z-O-B-A-Z-O-B-A-Z-O-B-A-Z-O-B-A-Z-O-B-A-Z-O-B-A-Z-O-B-A-Z-O-B